Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. For those of you who are on Facebook and YouTube right now, you can see our dear friends from Honduras, our missionary friends, and our just human people friends. Hello, Brian and Kathy. Good morning to you. Hi, how are you doing? We're doing good. We may have a little delay. I want to just check our audio, make sure, because you just never know. So uh, greet everybody one more time. Say hello, hello. Amen. Keep saying hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hmm. Well, we have to believe. Okay. So, uh, I, we're, it, it may be a little low. I hear you fine. We'll find out from someone. Uh, Charlotte Gotch is with us already this morning. Charlotte, good morning. Uh, are you hearing Brian and Kathy just fine out there? I can hear everyone. Good, good, good. That's what I wanted to hear. Um, Brian, Kathy, it's been a while since we've been with you. The last time I think we talked was during the Feast of Tabernacles, and you had presented, maybe one time after we had an interview, but you had presented to the Body of Christ a a beautiful video of what you're doing out there and how you're working and what uh, maybe the, the plans of the Lord are at work in your lives. And uh, it was just a beautiful time. It sent a lot of people um, in, with tears in their eyes, and uh, their hearts were truly touched by what you were sharing and uh, what's going on in your lives. And 
Today we're going to continue because this is something we want to insert uh, weekly. We want to hear from both of you weekly what God is doing in your lives and some missionary reports, if you will, of just common everyday life that's going on. And uh, Brian, you also have tapped into the vaccine passport, a taboo issue on some stations, but uh, I would like to get into that as well. And maybe during our course of time today, we'll, we have plenty of time. Uh, I have a little 18 minute video I'd like us to listen to everybody. Um, and then you could bounce off of that as well. But before I get into that, uh, why don't we begin with your greeting of the body and let's go into what you're finding out about the vaccine passports. Well, I think that as much as the, uh, the, uh, the medical aspects are really, really scary, the fact that, you know, what uh, Pastor Jeff was bringing up yesterday, everything he was saying was spot on. I agree with it 100%. Um, I think you know, the biggest fear in the body of Christ is that, well, is this the mark of the beast? And I would say, no, it's not the mark of the beast. However, it is setting up the infrastructure and the behavioral, collective behavioral conditioning for it to come in. And there's really interesting things that have come my way, not, not researching or looking at it, it just came my way. But I don't know if, if you've heard the name Sally Amarola. And she is Joe Biden's... Uh, nominee for comptroller, treasury comptroller. I mean, she basically have be the lead person of the, of the U.S. Treasury. Now, I don't know if you heard about the, uh, the $1 trillion coin that was going to be created to, uh, to deal with our, 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 our deficit problems. And we, as much as we laugh at that, a lot of people are laughing at it. They're saying that, well, you know, actually, the treasury can independently on its own print any denomination that they choose as long as they do it with coins made out of platinum. Paper would be illegal, but platinum coins are okay. So as crazy as that sounds, uh, Sally Amarova was, the question that's before the Senate right now, in, in terms of whether she gets confirmed or not, is her thesis that she wrote on Marx's theory of economic analysis and the theory of evolution in Marx's book, Das Kapital. Now, I don't know if she's going to get confirmed or not, but she wrote that paper when she attended the Moscow State University under a Vladimir Lenin scholarship in 1989. So, if she gets confirmed, that's just that's crazy. But just the mere fact that this is the direction that they're seriously trying to go in is like, Because having a currency is a complete, is the way we have control. I think it was Mayor 
Rothschild, who said that I, I care not who makes the nation's laws or anything else. If, if I control this currency, I control the people. Amen. That's a paraphrase. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, the, 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 the direction is to eventually have a digital dollar. And for that to be feasible, they need to centralize everything in the Federal Reserve. And this is what this is what Sali Amarova is proposing that we centralize all the all the money in the in the Federal Reserve and everything they can monitor every transaction in real time. But really the, the rationale is that they'll be able to give uh, open payments and emergency payments and things like that directly much easier. So are we connected? Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, we hear you. We actually even hear the rooster in the back. We love it. <laughs> okay, good. So the, uh, the, uh, the rationale is they'll be able to like give us the support that we need more be easier and distribute payments. You know, probably the universal basic income when we get to that point. So the question is, is how are they going to go about doing that, right? And so I I, I found uh, uh, just by chance or by by the power of the Holy Spirit, I came across this World Health Organization document for the COVID passport. It's about a 99-page document that outlines the entire plan, where it begins with, with uh, just kind of having a universal global passport, and then working its way through the rationale that, that uh, you know, paper can be forged and paper can be lost, so maybe you just put it on the phones, and then well, phones can be stolen, phones can be hacked, and so there's this idea of creating a blockchain passport. Of course, blockchain is what drives cryptocurrency, and, and whenever the, the digital dollar is uh, created, it will be a blockchain-based thing. Blockchain just means it's a mathematical algorithm that, that encrypts it and, 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 and keeps it secure. <clears throat> and it's what drives the whole entire, the entire uh, any cryptocurrency. So the goal is to create a blockchain uh, Cryptocurrency, uh, digital dollar, that uh, I mean, vaccine passport. Sorry, it'll get to the digital dollar, but vaccine passport that um, can't be forged, totally secure. And then the question is, is well, where do we do it? Like I said, phones can be hacked, phones can be stolen, so we need something more secure. So they're talking about wearables. And this morning I opened up Twitter and I saw the World Economic Forum. They want to have have uh, create sensors in masks and sensors in clothing that will detect uh, COVID tied directly into your smartphone and then upload it you know, directly to the internet and you're picking more your, your health status in real time. So, so now you take the, you create this blockchain-based uh, vaccine passport that's tied into the internet. Then you create this 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 uh, digital dollar. Now back in 2020, people I wrote a blog and people laughed at me because I was talking about the, that uh, Bill Gates had come up with the uh, uh, quantum dot tattoos, which you may or may not have heard about. They, they tried to squash it down as a conspiracy theory, but you can go online now and you can see the actual patent and the, the MIT plan for the quantum dot tattoos, where it's a, a, a tattoo that can go on your arm or, or, or any place, and it's uh, can't be seen, it's not visible, but it can be scanned, and it will contain your medical information. Well, it's not a huge leap to going from taking all your medical information, shifting it into blockchain, to going and putting all your financial information and doing the very exact same thing. 
So then, okay, well then how does that work? Well then, then it turns out there is a, a, a packet, and I have the actual packet that you can explore, find all the people, Gates, Microsoft, and they own the packet. Um, and it's 2020 for the year date, 060606. We've had like a lot of talk about this patent and a lot of attempts to just kind of marginalize it as a conspiracy theory and laugh it off. But um, but it's an actual patent and it's an activity-based cryptocurrency. So basically somehow you would have some kind of wearable or implantable technology and you would earn cryptocurrency, actually mine cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or whatever, the digital dollar based on your activity. So the idea is like, oh, going to the gym is a healthy activity, so you'll earn cryptocurrency. And they don't really specify what you might do that might cause them to find you. But you'd be doing it all in real time. And so I, what I see is like they need everybody to have this vaccine passport to buy into it. Then they need to get it so that they can digitize and turn it into blockchain. Then they get it at the same time. They have someone like Sally Amaroma that's going in there that's going to centralize all the currency, put it all into the same blockchain system, a digital dollar based on blockchain. It'd be really easy to like go to the next step, and then you're, you're at the market of the beast. Once you have something implanted, and that's how you, you, gain, you, you do all your banking and do all your get paid, you earn your money, you're into the block of the beast, the mark of the beast, because all they have to do is start to switch it off. So if you're a domestic terrorist, like somebody like us, like, yeah. you're Amazing. So I just, I mean, that's sort of like, hmm. that's my extrapolation. You know, that's my hypothesis based on the evidence that I have. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible information. And there are three thoughts that come to my mind while you're sharing. Number one, I, I can see the imagery of lab rats. Like, um, you know, this is all experimentation. And the only difference between right now and Nazi Germany in the 1930s and 40s is that they actually took people to particular concentration camps to do their experimentations on human beings for their medical advancements and so on and so forth. The only difference is today they don't need to ship anybody to a concentration camp. They're doing it right out in the open all over the world. And we just have become a massive laboratory of human beings that they're doing all this crazy stuff to, like shooting vaccinations into our body with all this strange stuff. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. So, I mean, the experimentation is on. And it's what is going to work and however many people we need to get rid of in order to perfect this system, you know, that's the cost that's going to pay for the greater good, right? That's basically what's happening. Man.
could potentially have almost zero immunity, and they're basically going to be walking around with a form of HIV. Wow. Acquired immunity syndrome. You know, and it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, I think this, I think this thing is is probably multifaceted, but I mean, we are headed for this thing is this thing is headed in a direction of, um, you know, it's a global thing. If it was just the United States, and it's so easy to be myopic, you know, be so nearsighted. That, that we just see what's happening in the United States and think that you know, we could just we could just get this election thing fixed, you know, if yeah. we just get things in 2022, you know, and if Trump comes back in 2024, it's hanging on to its bread. And I listen to a there's a there's a really good podcast called The Apocalyptic Gospel that I listen to. Um, and you know, yesterday they were talking about the fact that it really comes down to eschatology, what your eschatology is, what you view things. And that there is this this uh, America-centered eschatology where where you know maybe intellectually people will concede that we're looking at we're moving in towards the last days and towards the second coming of Jesus and whatnot. But really, the focus is on preserving the American way of life, preserving you know making a better future for my children, having you know letting their their uh, our uh, our our ceiling become their floor so that their lives are better than ours, which you know. With that, but it's just I, I don't think that's what it is. And until we let go of that, we're not going to see that there's an eternal there's an eternal process taking place right now. And we've got to have our minds set on eternity. We've got to set our minds like a Colossians three three set our minds on things above, you know, not things below, because we are dead and our life is in Christ. So yeah, that is fine. Jesus spoke about it uh, Matthew twenty four. You know. Yeah. 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 What. What are those signs, Kathy? What what signs are you referring to? Well, first it says, do not be deceived, you know, and then, uh, you know, there's famines and earthquakes and uh, pestilence and, you know, brother against brother. Um, let's see, what else? Yeah, it's just... Many will come in his name. Yeah, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and, um, you know... I think we have a lot of uh, pastors and of churches, Christian pastors, that are, have complete wrong doctrine. And I think that might be something he's referring to there. Many will come in my name, you know. And um, but like the pre-tribulation rapture. I mean, it, I mean, how is that going to help? Like, what if you know? How is that going to help these people and our children to tell them, "Don't worry, we're going to be taken out of this." You know, I, I would think that. If you weren't sure, I would err on the side of caution and prepare, at least. But to flat out say, don't worry, look up, Jesus is coming any day now, you know, for us. It's, I mean, I just don't see that. I just don't see that because it's what he says in his word, you know, that we're to prepare and we're going to be suffering and uh, be persecuted. And, um, you know, he pretty much lays it out. I don't see how you can just read that, but. People do because I think they have a desire not to see it. You know, they have this thing that they, when they read the scriptures, they, they just can't, like that line, they can't handle the truth, you know. And if our Lord actually went to the cross and submitted himself to being beaten and spit at and ridiculed and, you know, and then nailed to the cross, I mean, and he says, pick up this cross and follow me, I mean, why are we being so special? and not subjected to persecution 
Absolutely. So, so well said. So a couple of questions come to my mind about what we're talking about, you know, and and all this conversation we're having, because I believe I sit back, I listen. And, you know, if it bears witness with my spirit, you know, we trust that the word of God and and I hear that witness is there. Uh, We're tracking together. And the first thought that comes to my mind is I'm listening and I'm thinking about what's being said okay, the scriptures tell us that when you see these things begin to come to pass, okay, uh, he says, when you see these things, and then there are particular signs, flee to the mountains, come out of her, my people, do not be partakers of her sins. And I start wondering about that five months, that word that came out of my mouth, five months, get in position, be where you're supposed to be. Um, it's movement. And two nights ago, two nights ago, Patricia and I were lying down, just resting, and we, we went on YouTube TV, and we, wanted, we always love documentaries. We want to hear, you know, words of, of God. And we saw this gentleman come on, and he's in a beautiful auditorium. He's articulate. He's well-suited. He has a strong voice. He's preaching the gospel. And he said, the next great event, I've been hearing this forever, the next great event on the calendar of God is the rapture. And I'm thinking, wow, this articulate well-spoken, energetic, well-dressed man with an auditorium of people listening in. He's telling everybody that the next event on the calendar of God is the rapture. And he said, I'm going to explain it to you. I'm going to tell you all about it. So we sat back and said, well, maybe finally somebody's going to really address this where we can understand it. So we waited and he went around and around and around. And I finally got to that point. I said, Patricia, he's going to say 1 Thessalonians 4. Yeah, he's going to go right back to 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15. Sure enough, an hour later, as we're patiently listening to everything else, and this man was making emphatic statements. This is not the case. This is the case. Emphatic decrees about what is right and what's wrong to this audience. And I'm thinking, well, okay, I'm not so sure, but where's it going? Sure enough, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15, we're out of here. Without any further explanation of what that whole chapter is about, and millions and millions of people are believing this, and yet there are people like us who are looking at the signs of the times going, my God, it may not be exactly the way it is, but it's there. We better start paying attention and positioning ourselves, not out of fear, but out of obedience, kind of like Noah obeyed God and he did what was right. So what an amazing moment. that there is an order. You know, the plan began in Genesis 3.15, you know, the, and, it, and it ends in Revelation 21. So when, when, G, when the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming, that preceded Thessalonians, First Thessalonians yeah. chapter 4. So everything that Jesus spoke in the Olivet Discourse was in reference to mostly Daniel.
<laughs> yeah. talking about the book of Revelation, uh, one of the things that people say all the time that I, I thought, well, you know, let's, let's look at this. All the pre-tribulation rapture teachers basically say that in the book of Revelation, the church is not mentioned, and from chapter 4 to the rest of the book, they're gone. You'll notice that they're gone. And so I thought, well, that's a very strong supposition. Let me take a look at that. So I went to Revelation chapter 4, and I wanted to start studying to see, is the church gone? But what it actually says in Revelation chapter 4, which is right after the seven letters of the seven churches, telling them how to overcome and what they're going to have to go through and all these different things, be faithful unto death and all that stuff. All it says in Revelation 4 is, after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven and the first voice, which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show you things which must be hereafter. And so that phrase right there, John, I'm, gonna, I'm bringing you up because I'm going to show you things that are going to be coming on this earth. It's almost like a prophetic destiny. In Revelation 10, you're going to prophesy again. So he's taken up into heaven. So the preceding chapters aren't about the church. They're not about a lot of things. They're about the things that are coming that could be revealed and relayed to the body of Christ. But to suppose that that is the church is gone at that moment is a very powerful wrong uh, supposition. It, it, it doesn't suggest that at all. It just suggests this is what's coming. So then we proceed with the study, right? Right. And then in the book of Matthew and Mark, okay, we have a very clear, everybody knows that's the mini apocalypse, as you just said. Jesus is absolutely talking to the disciples about the greatest tribulation that has ever hit the face of the earth that has never been before, will never be again. It says that. So that wasn't 70 AD. That wasn't going through Nazi Germany. He's talking about the end of the age before he returns a tribulation that has never been, will never be again. He says that, calls it great tribulation. He's talking about how the disciples are going to be in the very midst of that. How do you cut that off and suggest that that doesn't have meaning to where we are right now? How do you do that? Like, you know, and I think I said this before, it's, that doesn't make sense because the 
Amen.
Yeah. And there are a lot of people today that are doing exactly that in their personal lives. They're just, they have things they desire to do. And so they just put, God told me God's in it and you need to follow along because God told me to do it. And it's a very dangerous thing. But uh, what, what is marvelous that I think everybody, I think people are going, wait, 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 what, what did you just say? It is marvelous to think that 1,948 years when time began, okay, 1,948 years, then God connects and covenants with Abraham. Wow. And then in 19, I mean, that's amazing. And you can, it's perfect. And so in 1948, uh, Israel becomes, again, connected, reconnected. That's phenomenal. And then we're told that a generation is 70 years and if by strength, 80. And today, Israel is 73, which leaves seven years left. That's funny. But also in Daniel chapter 12, I mean, it literally talks about, in verse 4, but you, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Interesting for Revelation, it's a sealed book. Uh, Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, meaning travel will increase and knowledge shall be increased. So not only are we living in the generation of Israel becoming the, the, the revived fig tree, putting forth its branches again, but we're living in the exponential rise of technology and people traveling all over the world. These are very powerful, strong prophetic signs to our generation, and yet we're lollygagging in the, in, in, the, in the turmoil of mixture and false doctrine, and I think it's time to rally back to the cross and get close to Jesus and find these pure little nuggets and say something big's going on. And, and I don't want to be caught in the, in the experimentation and become a lab rat in, in the unholy mind of devils and be caught in this snare that's coming on the whole earth. Man. Mm. Like that. Amen. And that would be the that would be the double portion of the Spirit of God coming upon a people living in the days. If we don't receive a double portion of His Spirit to get things finished, to be able to go through, to be able to handle what's happening, to have a spiritual intelligence that is superior to the intelligence of devils and Satan himself, we, according to the Word of God, have a superior wisdom available to us. Boy, do we need that right now, huh? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. God says about the whole, like, the whole story, the whole plan. 
Go ahead. I'm listening. I'm totally listening. Yeah, no, what you're saying is super important, but I, I just sense if you guys are okay with this, and I know you're on, you're on Honduran time, um, I want to share a quick little video. It's about 15 minutes. We don't need much more than that. Uh, you may have heard this. It was sent to me today by Pastor Jeff Bass. I'll make it available to people listening right now or viewing on YouTube and on Facebook and on Rev Media. Uh, so is that okay with YouTube if we do that for a few minutes? Okay. All right. All right. So here we go. I'm going to start it. This is Stu. This is with uh, a young lady that is, this is fascinating information, so don't miss it. And hopefully it'll come through loud and clear. So here we go. Thank you. 
All right, I want to stop right there just for a moment. Uh, want to, this is where Patricia and I were listening to this this morning, and it, she just spoke out of her spirit when she said, you can never die. Um, but be careful what you wish for, because then this came in Revelation chapter 9, and I thought this was very interesting this morning. Um, let me just make sure I have you guys back on with me. You're there, right? Yeah, okay. Okay. So the interesting thing came about never dying was Revelation chapter 9. And here's what it says in Revelation chapter 9, verse 1, the fifth angel sounded. I saw a star fall from heaven onto the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. He opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. The sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. 
and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. So I was thinking, is there something that's going to be injected into people's bodies that will be like a scorpion sting, right? I'm thinking this way. And that it's going to be so tormenting, they're going to seek death. But because of what they're talking about here, death would literally flee from them because this thing keeps growing, this hydra thing, uh, this life-giving substance. And then I remembered an article that I had seen. And, and I want to share this one on the screen just briefly. Um, this was very interesting to me. Well, we'll just let that one go. So, well, here, let me do it. Let me just share this, share this, let me share this, let me go here, and let me bring it on this way. And then we'll share it on the screen. So this was an article that um, I had found a long time ago, and it was somebody that wrote it before the 2020 pandemic came, before COVID-19. This individual was talking about the possibility of microchip implants and uh, he came up with the Greek words and studied, studied, studied. And I remembered as I was looking through this article, um, let me go back here so I could kind of scroll down on it, uh, where he was talking about the, the mark here, how it says here, the syringe. Let me start right here. And if you see, the syringe will also leave a puncture mark on the surface of the skin, which may even scar depending on the size and shape of the puncture. Uh, and he goes into all this different technology. And then later on, he goes in and talks about how the scriptures talk about a sting or a scorpion bite or a, the bite of a serpent. This is all biblical, all scriptural. But in the definition, he brings it to the sharp point of a needle, which is all this conversation. I just started putting two and two together and without getting into conspiracy theory, thought to myself, well, is it possible that we're the generation that could actually be injected with something that will create an environment within human beings that will produce this kind of torment that they'll seek for death, won't be able to die. And it's another Bible prophecy that has basically come to pass. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of putting it out there. What are your thoughts about what you're seeing right now in the video? And, and what are your thoughts about these things? Amen. Amen. And amen. Um, wow. Okay. Okay. 
I, you know, she said something also in the video about, you know, this great experimentation, uh, that they're, the scientists are taking these things. It almost sounds like they're looking for the fountain of youth, uh, that death, they're trying, wanting to overcome death, but they're not doing it by means of the cross, the resurrection, the spirit of life. This is man's attempt to bring forth uh, this, this superhuman race of people that can never die, and they're doing it without God, and that's why it's going to become Frankensteinian. Patricia told me that there are actually things that are being inserted into these vaccinations, and it's funny while we're talking about this, my screen's going crazy, um, in these vaccinations, that when you shine light on some of the, the, the product that's in there, they actually look up at the light. These, these organisms look up at the light as it's, the light is shining on them, so there's a life form to them. And is this perhaps what God was saying? He who defiles their body, God will destroy. Are we looking at some kind of experimentation? It's just so crazy. All right, so this information is coming down the pike. It's, 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 it's available to everybody to make their decision with. Now, if I'm not a Christian or if I'm not a believer in Jesus Christ, if I don't have the Bible to give me direction, wisdom, and hope, if I don't have instruction for this moment, I'm in a lot of trouble because I'm going to take things into my own hands. I'm going to be looking to men. I'm going to be looking for answers. What do we do? And then I'm divided which way to go. But we are Christians, and we do believe in Jesus Christ, and we believe that the Bible is the unadulterated Word of God. It is the perfect revelation of God Almighty, interpreted by the Holy Spirit, and there's instruction, there's wisdom, and my question, and this is really getting to the, where the rubber meets the road for me personally, um, the Christian needs to be aware of these things and not slough them off like lingering lot, but say, okay, I see it, I hear it. What is my next move, Holy Spirit? You, God, took a nation, Israel, out of Egypt, and you removed them and separated them and gave them a kingdom economy where water came out of a rock, food came out of heaven, they never had their shoes wear out. You took care of a nation for 40 years. Lord, there's a three and a half year great tribulation that your word emphatically de uh, declares, three and a half years. 
and you want us to be able to go through and endure to the end of this. You call us into the wilderness. We know in Revelation 12, there's a wilderness experience. You call others into cities of refuge and into all these different places. So why are so many of us with what we see happening from the blood red moons to the solar eclipses to the uh, Revelation uh, 12 uh, constellation that showed up with all the signs of the times, volcanoes going off everywhere, earthquakes, hurricanes. I mean, we're seeing it on a massive scale globally at the same time all over the world. And people are kind of going, well, what are we supposed to do? Some people, as you know, have gotten some food and gotten some water. They maybe even have moved and discomfited themselves and moved to another location. Um, but this is serious business right now, isn't it? Or is this just the gospel popcorn hour of, you know, this is fantastic drama and let's have, have a movie on it, and, but don't do anything, you know? Well, where are we right now? It's okay. It's okay. Okay, with that, if I may just interject a thought, okay, and I'm not hearing the compactor at all. So a wrong response could cost us everything. Uh, for example, if I wrongly respond to um, the, the hate and I lose my love and the love of many will wax cold, that's a really bad response. If I begin to betray, that's a really bad response. If I begin to hate my brother and sister, that's a really bad response. If I move prematurely to do something that could cost someone their life, that's a really bad response. And so we have to be more cautious. But then again, running right alongside of the pre-tribulational rapture is the once saved, always saved doctrine. A wrong response would be, well, I'm taking the mark of the beast because I'm saved and I can't do anything to lose my salvation. 
So I'm taking this mark of the beast. That could be a really wrong response. And there are things like that. Speak into that. Communist, the Russian communist invasion 
Well, I think it's extremely important what you're saying because there's only one truth and it's one side or the other and a wrong response could cost a man or woman their salvation. It could cost them eternal life. It could cost something. So one needs to be very, very careful. But what I see in scripture, um, and and I'll just be honest, you guys do this all the time. I was up very early this morning and uh, I was looking through the word and I ran across these, these scriptures and this stuck me. I mean, it, this one penetrated in every part of my being in Revelation chapter 5, where it says that the four, and I'll just read it in verse 8. Let me just read Revelation 5, 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And it struck me, and I asked the question out loud, Lord, have I filled a vial? Have I prayed enough to fill a vial that would be as an odor of incense in the hand of an elder or one of those living creatures. And I, and I just couldn't get away from this, that prayerlessness, can you imagine showing up into heaven saying, okay, how much time in prayer have you actually spent? How much of a vial have you filled? How much oil have you put into that vial? How much prayer have you put into that vial? And I started thinking, my God, my life ought to be a life of continually filling the vials of the incense and the odors of prayer to God. And I have a sense in my heart, as we pray, as we pray, and we develop the life of prayer, as we pray, the ground before us, the path before us will be laid. And our responses will be accurate because we will have prayed to the degree that we will be responding out from prayer. It's a supernatural ability to be able to walk through this time. I believe that with all my heart. Speak into that. (laughs) We're here. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, let me speak into that for just a moment. Um, and, And this is that continual thought concerning what do we do? We have a lot of Vietnam veterans. We have ex police officers. We have people that have fought in military. Uh, you know, one of the questions is always, um, you know, is it validated by God to have a military power to protect your nation? Should there be a police force? Because right now there's a movement to defund police. Uh, and and then crime rises. So is there a biblical uh, accuracy to having a society that has an order to it, and there are are laws that are to protect a society in a good sense of what America used to be. We had laws that protected the psychology of our nation. We never allowed these wicked and evil things to come into society, and those, those laws were protected by law enforcement. And so in, in, in our nation, 
you know, we have a constitution, the right to bear arms. And I'm only speaking, this isn't my heart. This is the argument, the other side of the argument that I hear all the time. And maybe uh, somebody would like to call into the broadcast today and share your thoughts about this. We'll certainly open the, uh, the door to that. So if you have a comment about this, you want to talk about the other side of what Brian. Now, Brian is not talking out of uh, a spirit of fear. He's not talking out of a place of just being some uh, citizen. He fought in the Marine Corps. I mean, he was a warrior and is a warrior. And so for him, it's tempering his spirit, if I understand it properly. He's tempering himself because everything in him wants to get up and move, but he doesn't want to move prematurely. Here is the patience of the saints and is waiting to know the reality and truth. Um, And I believe if you saw somebody hurting somebody, you probably would step in even today and rescue somebody from the the ill treatment of somebody. Um, Go ahead, Brian, speak into it. So, well, it's a great way to look at it. And, and it, so someone may be asking, okay, how do we get from vaccinations to this conversation? And it's all about right responses. And, you know, it, it, it's an important conversation because there are things that are coming down the pike all over the world that are going to exasperate and frustrate and get people. You heard the woman in the video, I'm angry. You know, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm angry, I don't like this. And I think a lot of people are genuinely feeling that. 
And a lot of the people in our country, we have the, uh, the Second Amendment rights to carry and bear arms. And, you know, we're allowed to do that. We were told by other people that Nazi Germany, they took all the guns away and, and the people weren't able to fight. And so one of the pro- reasons why they haven't decimated our nation is because they know that most of the people in this country are armed to the teeth. So is that a good argument? I mean, is that a something where if we have a right to bear arms, should we bear arms? Should we have a, a tool in our house? Um, should we be willing to stand up and defend those who cannot defend themselves? Should we have a police force that carry weapons to protect people? Should we have a military around our nation? Now, I know in the kingdom of heaven, no way. And I know my wife, Patricia Joy, she'd be saying, no, what we do is say, in the name of Jesus, I bind that demonic spirit. And she's all good with that. And I, and I get that. But should there be a military? Should there be in this world? Everything that he did was good. That doesn't mean that we do the same thing. It's all good. 
I think you're absolutely... You know, um, I agree with you. I, you know, in my understanding, without wavering, um, I understand that the side that, you know, this is what we could have done. This is what should have happened. This is where the people should have stood up and we should have resisted. We shouldn't have allowed 90 million babies to be murdered. We shouldn't have allowed laws to be passed where men marry men. We shouldn't have allowed. We shouldn't have done. We should have, should have, should have, uh, and we should have stood. But in 2003, I honestly believe it was very clear. America has crossed the point of no return. Don't pray for this nation. Pray for the people of God in this nation. Um, but you know what strikes me right now, Brian and Kathy? Aren't we supposed to be talking about the Major League Baseball playoffs, the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros? Aren't we supposed to be talking about, you know, refurbishing our, our new car in the garage? Uh, aren't we supposed to be talking about things that we've always talked about and here we are having a very serious conversation about people sticking vaccinations into people's bodies that have all this weird stuff in it. Uh, we're talking about forced vaccinations. We're in a crisis. We're going through a global pandemic. Uh, we're talking about being arrested and taken uh, in, into persecution and experimentation. Isn't this kind of strange that we're talking about these things? <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
Yeah, I heard the same thing, the Illuminati signals and signs everywhere. All right, so as we're coming down to the, the, the bottom part of this program, and we've got just a few minutes to talk, the information is phenomenal. People are listening, they're tuning in, they're, they're sharing some comments, and it is good information. And the call of the Holy Spirit, I believe, to all of us, if you don't know what to do about anything, pray about everything. Just pray, and I love what you said earlier, Brian. I'm not going to tell God how much Holy Spirit to give me. I'm going to open my heart, and I'm going to say, Father, whatever portion you want to give, give. And what I saw in that was just people opening their hearts, saying, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit, because there comes wisdom, revelation, knowledge, understanding, inspiration to prepare, how to prepare, what to prepare, which way to go, direction, be in the right place, the right time, do the right thing with the right people right now. I want to be positioned properly. I want to be moved. I want to be inspired. I want to know that I'm living in the days that this is really happening. These prophecies from thousands of years ago are actually happening in my lifetime. And it's all a sign of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And maybe we'll be alive and remaining at the coming of the Lord and we'll endure to the end of this period of time and be caught up to meet the Lord, be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, the resurrection of the dead. And, you know, we want to brace ourselves and, and have this ability to go through and, and not be stung and tormented for five months and not find ourselves in a, in a global snare that you can't get out of or get caught in the trap. We want to do this right. I mean, God has given us a tremendous amount of information. Your final thoughts, Brian and Kathy, before we get moving today. Amen. It's beautiful. His wife has made herself ready. Hey, uh, we've got Chris and Maxine Brochu. They're missionaries from Africa. Uh, they're going to be with us uh, Friday, um, which is tomorrow, I believe. Wow. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hope you guys will be tuning into that. I think you'll find a camaraderie there. You'd love them. The big question is, when are Brian and Kathy coming to Northwest Arkansas? That's going to be a fun time when that happens. And um, having said all that, guys, is there anything else you'd like to leave out there before we go today? Amen. Amen. Balance. Balance to everything. Um, you know, folks, you've been listening to this broadcast, and I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to like it. I'm going to ask you to subscribe to the channel, if that's what they tell us to do. 
I'm going to ask you to share this video with as many people as you possibly can uh, to download it and send it out and share it with as many people as you can. Uh, Brian and Kathy, thank you for joining me on the air once again. God bless you both. Um, and to everybody out there, Brian and Kathy are missionaries in Honduras, and they are always um, open to receiving your financial blessing and support. And you could do that. How, Brian and Kathy, how do people bless you in your ministry? Okay, that's it. Hopeintime.org. Hopeintime.org. Dot O-R-G. Um, and my beloved wife, Patricia, says, blessed are those who study the book of Revelation. Amen. So, all right, guys, we love you. Be blessed. We'll see you again next week, if not sooner. And um, stay, stay in touch and stay the course. And we're going to get the answers. I guarantee we're going to get the answers to everything we've talked about today. So, shalom. Shalom. <laughs> All right. God bless you. All right. Well, that is it for our broadcast today. Hey, I need to ask you to do something, if you don't mind. Would you consider uh, Hope in Time, that's H-O-P-E-I-N-T-I-M-E, hopeintime.org. You could bless Brian and Kathy and their ministry out there in Honduras. But would you also consider sending a blessing and offering to the work that we're doing here every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, we're putting this out on the airwaves. So if you would think about us as well, we would appreciate your giving, your donations, your offerings to this work. We love you and bless you and ask you, stay the course and pray. Make it a point to fill a vial of prayer. Make it a point to have your life become a life of prayer that the incense and the odor of your prayers, your effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. What kind of prayer? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person. Let this become something important to you. Spend time praying. Pray about everything and allow your prayers to ascend up and let them be gathered into these vials in the hands of the 24 elders, the living creatures. And that one angel in Revelation chapter 8, he he brings the, the prayers of the saints as an incense before God and gathers them together. And then God moves and strikes the earth because of the prayers of the saints. Pray in wisdom, pray fervently, pray honestly, persevere in prayer, break through in prayer, pray with the intention, I'm going to make sure my life, has filled a vial, a golden vial, in the hands of the angels. You know, another thing, I just want to leave this with you. Another thing, very important, in Revelation, it said there were around the throne of God 10,000 times 10,000 angels and thousands of thousands. Do you know 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million Thousands of thousands, 10 times 10, 10,000 times 10,000, it actually says it, and thousands of thousands. Over 100 million angels in this particular scene in Revelation chapter 5, 100 million angels surrounding the throne, the judicial throne of God, 
Access it. Become a part of it. Engage through prayer. Come boldly before the throne of grace in the time of need. Access has been granted. Go. Spend time. Pray through. Who knows if you won't be caught up like the Apostle Paul in the third heaven. Who knows if it wasn't his prayer life that brought him into these experiences that far surpassed anything going on in this earth. It all is prayer, 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 prayer. May our lives fill the golden vials if prayer. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Pastor Vince. Shalom. Have a super blessed day.